Hello and welcome to the RDK podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Walker, and today I'm joined by Tony Strutt, Sales Director at Smart DTV. Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Jamie. Thanks for inviting me. It's good to have you on the show, Tony. But um, let, let's, let's jump right in, shall we? So tell us a little bit about the, the history of Smart DTV in the video space. Yeah, so uh, we've actually been around since uh, 1996, uh, Jamie, so over 25 years in the industry. Um, in the early days, we were really focused on the development of conditional access modules for the industry. Um, we kind of led the way in terms of innovation in that technology. We were part of the, the CI Plus uh, consortium. Uh, we were the first to integrate uh, Wi-Fi, uh, CAS uh, solutions. And uh, more recently, what we call uh, uh, direct-to-TV uh, uh, modules. Uh, the next generation of modules will be uh, USB-based, and uh, we have the ability to uh, automatically install the operator's application into the smart TV set on insertion of the, uh, the CAM module. So it becomes a, a, a proper integrated experience for the end users. A, a lot of that knowledge and know-how that we've picked up from the, the CAM industry over the years we've been able to carry forward into the, uh, the set-top box domain. Uh, we've actually been developing set-top boxes now since 2009. Uh, we've deployed over 50 million devices already, so you know, we, we're quite a, a significant player in the industry. Uh, we're headquarters in Marseille, in the, uh, the south of France, and we have regional design centers of excellence uh, in uh, Brittany, north of France, in yeah. India, and we have a, a hardware uh, design team based in Taipei, which has been very useful actually, particularly in the last two years, where the industry has seen all kinds of uh, constraints on, uh, on component supply. Um, having a team in place close to the factories, close to some of our key component suppliers, means that we've been able to navigate a lot of the issues uh, faced by uh, the industry. Um, and, and actually, I'm, I'm pleased to say that 2021 is shaping up to be a record year for Smart DTV. We've, uh, we've smashed our volume and, and revenue uh, goals uh, compared to, uh, to previous years. So despite the pandemic, we're on a very nice track. Well, it's, it's, it's great to hear, right? It's, it's nice to hear that, you're, that Smart DTV had taken the roots of the business into new elements as, as you grew, right? And as you say, the Chippegedon, right? Yeah. That's the big word that's been flying around. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you have the supply chain issue sorted there, which only means, right, as you said, 2021 record year for you guys. Yes. That's, that's, that's great news. But I guess then, Tony, to tell us, uh, sales director, but tell us about what your role is within the business and, and, and your involvement with Smart DTV. Yeah, sure. So uh, I've been with Smart DTV now for just over one year. But prior to that, I've been in the industry pretty much since graduating in, in 1998. Uh, so my role at, at Smart DTV, I'm, I'm focused on the set-top set box sales of the business, so that's Smart DTV Global. Smart DTV Technologies is the conditional access side of the business. Uh, we decided to separate the two business units because with evolving technologies, custom demands, we needed that bit of extra focus. So since joining, I've been helping the business uh, uh, farm and uh, formulate its uh, strategy. And really, it was back around the time I joined that we decided to start investing heavily in RDK uh, technologies. Okay, okay. So 
about a year into into, into RDK then how, how did you become involved in it what, what attracted you to it well, we, um, we, we've got a strong heritage of, of Linux developments. We have our own in-house uh, middleware solutions, DVB stacks. So we, uh, we have the expertise in-house, and of course RDK is based on a, a Linux environment. But what really attracted us to RDK uh, was the, uh, the ethos, you know, the, the fact that we're joining a community of thousands of uh, developers, all contributing to um, great evolving technology. We like the open source aspect to this. Um, you know, nobody wants to keep reinventing the wheel each time you enter a new development. It's it's not good for us and our resources. It's not good for the operators, and it's not good for end users. Um, you know, we, we we see really two main choices of uh, open source on the the market. There's uh, there's Android, and there's RDK, and they both have their place. And by the way, we also have uh, Android solutions and, and developments which uh, are perfectly well suited to certain territories and operators. But uh, what really attracted us to, uh, to RDK was the ability to innovate and get uh, products to, to market with a fast time to market. And also for those operators that want that e extra element of uh, control, RDK puts the control firmly in their hands. That's it, right? And I think I think the ethos point that you said is 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 probably one of the the most important factors yeah. of RDK, right? I think I was touching on a, a previous episode with with Glee Abraham mm -hmm. and his team supporting everybody involved in that community sure. as well, right? Checking the additional source code, checking any changes, any contributions, and review. It's always getting better without having to invest too much time mm -hmm. into it as well, right? Um, I guess, I guess, from your point of view, then you know, as you said, you've been in the industry since graduation. You have seen the video and, and the broadband industry evolve as it is. How do you see RDK evolving compared to other middleware choices? Like we said about Android TV, um, you know, faced by pay TV operators. Yeah, I think um, I think there are exciting prospects on the horizon with with RDK. Um, you know, I think uh, video is still the, the killer application, but with containerization and its ability to introduce new OTT premium video apps, all kinds of apps, much faster, I think this has really been the pivotal point that uh, is encouraging a lot of operators who may have been previously on the fence to, to go with, with RDK. It's a much lower barrier to entry than it previously was. Um, it's no longer necessary to have massive internal um, engineering teams as we, we saw in the past that the likes of Comcast, Liberty Global have. RDK is now accessible to, uh, to some of the, the smaller operators that want that element of, of control, want a very nice uh, quality of experience for, uh, for their end users. It's, uh, it's becoming a, a nice choice for those such operators. That's it, right. And I think yeah, we've, we've mentioned previously some interesting AI applications as well. Yeah. Um, can you expand on those applications and how operators can monetize them as well? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've got quite a strong uh, portfolio of, uh, of silicon choices in, in our roadmap. Um, the platform that we're developing on RDK, which we'll be showing at IBC in December, uh, features a very strong NPU neuroprocessing unit. And this lends itself very well 
to certain artificial intelligence uh, applications. And it does a lot of the computing on the edge. So it's taken a lot of the strain away from the, the chip and the, uh, the cloud to, uh, to enable certain AI applications that in the past just weren't practical or possible. Mm. Um, you know, audio processing, um, the, the ability to uh, pick up on, uh, on certain keywords from the end user is now becoming a, a reality in the set-top box. So historically, the remote control was the main interface between the, the end user and the content that, uh, that they wanted to reach. But it could be quite a cumbersome af uh, affair trying to find content through a, a remote control, navigating through menus, etc. Uh, latest generation of uh, remote controls have inbuilt microphones, so it's, it's possible via Bluetooth to search for your content that way. But what takes it one step further is the ability to support far-field microphones in the set-top box at the other side of your uh, lounge from where the end user is sitting. Yeah, and, wow. uh, and that technology, it's got to be right from day one because um, end users, the customers, they, they don't have uh, a lot of uh, patience to, if the technology doesn't work from, from day one, they just won't try it again. So having nice high quality audio processing, uh, noise cancellation uh, within the, uh, the uh, silicon that we put inside the set-top box is so important. And with this next generation of devices that we'll be uh, demonstrating in IBC, uh, we'll be uh, demonstrating the, uh, our far-field voice uh, technology, which will enable these. Um, video processing is another exciting area. And uh, this has taken off particularly in, uh, in Southeast Asia at the moment. So you can imagine you're, you're watching a movie and your favorite actor is, is wearing uh, an item of jewelry or clothing that you might be interested in. The AI in the chip has the ability to identify that item of clothing or jewelry or whatever it is. And uh, it's possible for you to, uh, to do a search on that. You know, what, what is, this, uh, what is this, uh, this sweater that this guy's wearing? Where can I shop for that locally? Where can I shop online? How, quick, how quickly can that uh, item be delivered? You can imagine the, uh, the possibilities are, are endless. And, uh, and this is becoming a reality uh, now. You know, in previous years, we've had proof-of-concept demonstrations just really scratching away at the surface of what could be possible in future. But now, with the powerful MPUs, with the edge processing, these, these uh, applications are becoming a reality. Environmental sensing is another interesting area uh, of, uh, of AI that's possible. So through the, uh, the Wi-Fi and processing in the set-top box, it's actually possible to detect people in the home. You can even de detect the heartbeat of, uh, of those people. So you wow. can imagine uh, some of the health applications that could be uh, enabled through that type of technology. Not just health, actually. Intruder sensing for uh, security purposes. If, uh, if the box has the ability to uh, distinguish between the, uh, the home users, the regular home users, and strangers entering the property at times they shouldn't be, then that could well be the trigger for uh, security applications. And, uh, and, and really, I just mentioned a few examples of, uh, of what is becoming possible now through the advanced uh, MPU processes that uh, we're supporting in the, the next generation of devices. I mean, this is, AI is one of my most 
interesting topics in, in, in video at the moment just because of what the options that it can bring to the table, right? And as, as you mentioned there, you know, security in the home, paramount. Health monitoring, you know, mm-hmm. that will appeal to, to the older generations, right? Older families who have older family yeah. members who might, li- might live at home. One of the one of the funniest um, uh, things that caught caught my ears was in the last RDK summit we were talking about um, ordering pizza through the micro uh, through your remote yeah. was one of the most made commands yeah. that was recorded that they couldn't complete and I just, I sat there and I thought well I'd be the Domino's would be lapping up my wallet Absolutely. every day if I was able to do that Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess uh, obviously. The AI applications is, is super impressive, but what are the kind of applications that you think RDK could be useful in the future? Yeah, I, I think um, you know a lot of the uh, IoT devices uh, in the home, Jamie, that would uh, supplement the kind of use cases that uh, that I've mentioned um, would be a natural extension of, of RDK. And um, you know what we've learned in the the last two years is that people people are starting to embrace new technologies. Two years ago, nobody had heard of Zoom, and now we're all using it. You know, so having, uh, having uh, cameras and video conferencing uh, between family members and friends is, is becoming the norm uh, these days. And I think that will be a springboard to embracing uh, lots of other new technologies. Uh, that uh, some of that I've that I've just mentioned, you know, the ability to uh, to, to to shop through uh, the user interface is uh, really an excellent way for operators to uh, to monetize uh, some of the AI applications that uh, that I've been mentioning. And operators they they already have those trusted relationships with the end users. You know, a lot of end users there there uh, can be nervous about uh, trying new technologies with unknown vendors, suppliers. But if you already have that existing trusted relationship and a billing mechanism with uh, with the pay TV operator, then it becomes a natural way to start embracing uh, some of the applications that uh, that we've just mentioned. And the the advancements in in IoT technology, the standardisation that we're seeing there. It's all coming together in a very neat way moving forward. That's it. I think I think the IoT aspect is is important right here. My my peers work a lot on IoT, the, the other side of, of of our video and RDK business, and yeah, their clients are starting to talk about RDK. It's it's, it's really sort of started to spread its wings. Yes. Out, yeah. Shall we say? But um, I guess then, Tony, what's next for Smarty TV? How do you see the technology evolving for you? Yeah, so um, so I think that what's next for us is IBC. Uh, we're really gearing up for that. That'll be our ma- our first major uh, exhibition event uh, in the last two years, and we have some really exciting new technology to uh, to demonstrate there. Some of the applications that I've been mentioning in this discussion will be showing off there. Um, we're really focusing in hard, uh, Jamie, on the uh, the quality of uh, of the devices, the quality of experiences. <clears throat> In the um, in in this wrecking bre- record-breaking year, 2021, that I've mentioned, uh, we've had no uh, instances of uh, of quality issues, and that's really testament to the, um, um, the 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 effort that our engineers, quality team, put in place uh, in uh, in developing high 
quality, high-tech solutions. Um, Wi-Fi uh, is so important moving forwards, you know, with so many connected devices in the home, with faster bandwidths uh, being supported and expected in the home. The effort that goes into the, the Wi-Fi technology in the set-top box is becoming critical. Uh, we're supporting the, the latest uh, Wi-Fi 6 uh, technologies, um, but also the way that we work with antenna placement within the set-top box. We have some pretty neat um, um, proprietary uh, technology that goes into our solutions that uh, just gives us that little bit of edge, which once again will be demonstrating Happy Talk to talk to uh, to anybody that's interested in coming along at, uh, at IBC. Well, I would definitely be there at IBC to come and see that in, in, in person. I really look forward to it. But um, Tony, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, where can our listeners find you online? Um, so the, uh, the company website is a very useful uh, source of information. That's uh, www.smartdtv.com. And um, anybody's welcome to reach out to me uh, directly. Tony.strut at smartdtv.com is my, uh, my email address. You can find me on, uh, on LinkedIn and uh, reach out that way. And uh, myself and the team will be happy to answer any questions from uh, interested parties. Perfect. Well, Tony, really appreciate your time today. It's been great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Jamie. And guys, please make sure that you follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn using at the RDK podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you get notified every time we upload a new episode. Until then, take care and let's continue the conversation.